Hello, my name is Yemi. And my name is Ichoma. And together we host Africa in My Kitchen, a podcast that is produced by Tunuka Media. This fun podcast explores meals from each country in Africa. We talk about the country, discuss the meal itself, and draw from our experiences to share why we are, or are not, excited about the meal. A new episode airs every two weeks. So John is for the hits, the misses, the laughs, and the cringes as we eat our way across the continent. Come back often, share with your friends, and add the podcast to your regular podcast rotation wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Welcome to the magical world of Yemi and Ijoma, where we eat our way across the continent. Hello, it's Yemi. And Ijoma. Really? Really, girl? Like, you heard the excitement I used to come into this episode. You could not just mirror it. No, I could not. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm done with you, please. Let's, let's get this show on the road. How are you doing, everyone? Hope you are having a very good week. Obviously, someone needs to take her happy pills, but that's all right. <laughs> I'll be fine. It's okay. <laughs> Today, guys, we are coming to you from the beautiful country of Côte d'Ivoire, also known as Ivory Coast. Well, we're not literally in Côte d'Ivoire. Obviously, there's still flight restrictions, but we are coming to you virtually from there. Yeah, exactly. Why did you just spoil As in pretend, shake body, we're from Côte d'Ivoire. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so we're not really coming to you from Côte d'Ivoire, um, but we are bringing you a dish called... Chicken Kejenu. Kejenu, yeah. Chicken Kejenu is believed to come from the Bwali people who are an Akan group that have historically migrated from Ghana. And Kejenu means shake inside. So shake, shake, shake inside in the Bwali language. When we talk about how to make Kejenu, you'll see why that explanation is actually important. So let's tell you a little bit more about Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire is in West Africa. It shares its borders with Mali... Liberia, Guinea, Burkina Faso, and Ghana. It has a population of about 26 million people. Abidjan is its largest city, and it's also its commercial capital. But the political capital is Yamoussoukro. Côte d'Ivoire is the world's biggest exporter of cocoa beans and supplies about 33% of the world's exports. It was a French colony until 1960, and the official language is French. But up to 70 other indigenous languages are spoken across the country. Like many West African countries, in Côte d'Ivoire, you find a lot of tuber crops. There are lots of stews made from meats and vegetables and all kinds of fruit. So you find things like acheke. Acheke is fermented grated cassava. And sometimes it's eaten as a dish that has onions and tomatoes and fried tuna on top of it. And when they do, they call it garba. Yeah, and it's also called, at least on the package of the food we use, it's mm-hmm. actually, you can otherwise call it cassava couscous. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like the same texture. Yeah, and consistency oh, as couscous. couscous. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Then you have aloko, which is a spicy plantain fried in palm oil. And they have salsa kashid, which is a peanut sauce because, you know, almost every country in Central and West Africa seems to have a version of peanut sauce. There's also futu, which is pretty much like fufu made of cassava and plantain. They eat a variety of grilled chickens, grilled meat, in Côte d'Ivoire and there is also rice gras which is also called fat rice and it's basically when I looked up the, the like the definition or the explanation for rice gras 
it's like rice that is cooked in a tomato and onion sauce. So in a way, it's like a version of the J word. Are we going to say the J word? I'm not going to say the J word. We could say the J word. Let's say the J word. It's kind Jello of like Jello rice. It's kind of, well, we don't, yeah, but they call it Riz Gra or Riz Ugra, but mm-hmm. it made it made us think of Jello rice essentially. So let's talk about chicken kejenu. We have talked about some easy to make dishes before, but guys, this was really, really easy. Like, yeah, trust us on this one. If you trusted us before, trust us like times two. <laughs> also, you can find the ingredients for this at your local gro- grocery store. No, you do not have to visit an African store. Well, except for the garden egg. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can find these ingredients primarily at your local grocery store. Mm-hmm. You might have to go to the African store for a garden egg. Yes. But in general, you will find like 95% yeah, in your local grocery store. Exactly. And if you're not familiar with garden egg, it's, it's I think it's from the same, either the same genus or kind of like the same family as eggplant. So if you couldn't find garden egg, the next best thing might be eggplant. It's just, I don't know the quantity. You might have to use maybe a little less of the eggplant because garden egg is actually, first of all, it's shaped like an egg. It's almost about the size of an egg. Are you, are you familiar with garden egg, Amy? I am familiar with it, but I feel like it's, I don't think it's always the size of an egg. Really? I don't eat a lot of eggplants. Is it bitter? Does it have like a bitter taste? No, eggplant is almost tasteless. So garden egg has like a bitter taste when you first bite into it. So I'm not sure if this would help enhance the meal, if there's a reason mm-hmm. that's chosen. So that's the only caveat I'll throw in there because I know garden egg has a distinct taste. To well, me, anyway. Oh, okay. And the thing is, they're different. I think they're different kinds. Because I've had, I, I think I know what you mean by the bitterness. It's not quite bitter tasting. Mm-mm. I don't know how to describe the flavor. But I still think the closest thing would be eggplant. Especially oh, yeah. if you cook garden egg, that taste kind of goes away. Okay. I've never had yeah. mine cooked. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I throw my hands up. Ijama's got this. Well, no. <laughs> well let's let's just try that. And okay. See. Yeah. Um, so just to give you a bit of interesting history found regarding this dish, like we said, it comes from the Baole people of Ivory Coast. History indicates that the Baole people are originally from Ghana, belonging to an ethnic group called the Akan. Mm-hmm. And a princess there had a disagreement with the establishment and left with a group of her own people. They got to a river and couldn't cross and she had a i think a priest with her and he basically told her for us to be able to cross this river successfully you have to give up your child and so she had to sacrifice her child and throw her child into the water and then after she threw her child into the water she said bauli meaning the child is dead mm-hmm. and then they could i guess there was a bridge or something that appeared and they could cross over into what is present day ivory coast okay so the sacrifice of the baby essentially brought the bridge into existence um i don't so all I know is after she sacrificed the baby, they could somehow cross the river. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a bridge magically appeared or anything like that. Okay. But basically what they did was in honor of that sacrifice she made, they called themselves the Baoli. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of evolved into the Baoli. And it is from them that we have this dish called chicken kejenu. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, There are a bunch of things that are, it's very interesting studying the food because you see that there are a bunch of things that have changed over time possibly. So, for instance, when you read the stories, you hear that she's called Abla Poku. But I was talking to my friend who's Ghanaian, and he said it's possible her name was actually Araba Pokwa. Araba is the title for a princess. And so, over time, it could have changed, but we don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was a pretty cool story. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, our listeners, for stories like this and so much more, you should check out our blog. Ijama, a lot of work, so... 
Yes. Please, I put in work, you guys. Don't <laughs> let it be in vain. Please, read yeah. our blog. Oh my God. Yeah, our blog is pretty awesome. Um, so, so let's go into the ingredients and how easy it was to make this dish. Okay. For Cajun, you'll need fresh chicken, which is washed and cut into pieces. The recipe called for drumsticks. I think you can use dark meat. I would recommend using something that has a bit of fat. So I don't think you would use white meat because if you did, you wouldn't get enough fat and broth for the dish. And you mm-hmm. don't really need to add anything additional like water or oil to it. So just if you can go with dark meat, you need tomatoes, you need habanero peppers, onions, the garden eggs that we already talked about, some garlic, ginger, bay leaves, bouillon cube black pepper, and salt. So what you need to do is you chop your tomatoes, your onions, and your garden eggs. You chop your ginger and your garlic. You wash your chicken. Place all of the chopped vegetables on top of the chicken in a pot. So you put the chicken in the pot first. Place all the chopped stuff on top of the chicken. Add the other ingredients, the salt and the pepper and the seasoning. And then you cover the pot with a tight-fitting lid. And you cook on low heat for about 40 minutes. You don't touch it after that. You don't do anything. Every 10 minutes, you shake it. All you do is basically just shake the pot so that the ingredients are the yeah, so the ingredients kind of move around. And that's where the name like Kijanu shake inside comes from. So you're not stirring it. You're not opening it. You're not adding anything else to it. Pretty simple. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is pretty simple. Yeah. Shake, shake, shake. And um, that said, I followed the recipe, I think, to a T because it said cook on low heat. After the first 10 minutes, I felt like nothing was happening. Like the heat was too low. So it wasn't mm-hmm. cooking fast enough. So I think after the first 10 to 15 minutes, I turned up the heat a little bit. So it got to medium. Mm-hmm. And then I kept cooking. After 40 minutes in total, I opened it and I tasted it. And it still kind of felt uncooked, mm-hmm. a little bit raw. I just felt like tomatoes were still sour. The peppers were still, you know, just kind of uncooked. And so I turned up the heat to high. And I think I cooked it for about seven more minutes covered still Mm -hmm. and then after that i took it out so by all means go with the recipe but if at the end of the cooking period you feel like just intuitively that it doesn't feel cooked enough i think it's okay to try cooking it a little bit more the key thing though is just keep it covered and then shake 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 shake. exactly (laughs) all right so what did you think about it since you know i'll give you the honor of going first this time i tend to go first all the time so you can go first thank you i liked it I found it a little spicy in terms of heat, mm-hmm. but I liked it. It's a very simple dish. It's just like a, a, it's like a stew. And I think what I liked about it was that the garden egg, I could tell it was the garden egg. I think the garden egg kind of rounded out the acid because this is this has tomatoes and peppers and ginger and all that stuff in it. And those tend to be a bit, I don't know if the word is piquant, but a little sour and tart. And so the garden egg seemed to kind of make it a little bit creamier. Mm. Yeah, I had it with acheke. Yeah. which we talked about. And I, I liked the combination quite well. Yeah, I really like the achike. It is something I think I will definitely add because I do eat couscous quite a bit. I had never heard of cassava couscous, which is one of the awesome things about this, our podcast that we we're doing. You learn about different things and, you know, new ways of doing old things. So I thought it was rather fascinating. Immediately I ate it. I actually texted Ijama with like a picture. I was like, I love this, <laughs> you know. That's uh, interesting. You didn't find it. I found it a little sour. You no, liked it. I quite liked it. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Like it was really easy. It took like five minutes to make. 
I don't know if you talked about it, but you essentially put some water in it, let it soak for a couple of minutes and toss it in the microwave for like five minutes. That's literally yeah. it. That's the boxed. I think some people make make it from scratch, but you can easily get the boxed version. So we got the boxed version. Yeah, we do. We did the boxed version. We're not trying to grease cassava from scratch. No, we're not, we're not trying to be extra over here. You know, we just do what needs to be done. But I can appreciate how making it from scratch could taste more fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but we tried the boxed version and I really, really like it. And I actually sent a picture of it to my mom. I was like, mommy, go try this thing. If you see it in the store, add it. <laughs> so that is how much I liked it. Like, I really liked it. It seems like a very good addition to the meal. So I'll just say that on the side. But for the kajinu itself, um, I like spicy food. I make no secret of that. However, I always preface that by saying I like spicy food that burns at the back of the throat. I don't like the one that feels like my entire mouth orifice and my entire esophagus is on fire. Now, I know Ijama said she opened it when it was still a little bit raw and cooked it for a little bit longer. Personally, the pepper was still a little too hot. I have a confession. What'd you do? I made a mistake. What'd you do? What did you do? So the recipe called for two habanero peppers, mm-hmm. which was correct. The thing is, I was only supposed to chop one pepper and cook the second one whole. And I didn't realize that. Did you cook both? Yeah. Did you chop both in it? Yes. Girl, you want to kill me. What's I wrong with you? No, so so this is what happened. We were trying to figure out why it was so hot. Because it was really hot. It was nice, but it was really, really hot. And I like like hot peppery. No, food. it was still it was it was still pretty good. It was pretty good. It was just really peppery. And I was you just like, well, need to be close to the bathroom. That's that's well, all. Well, so here's the thing. I I we ate the food and everything, and then after the food had finished, I, I checked the recipe again. Are you saying, realized, are just telling me this now? We had a whole conversation. And I realized that I made a little bit of a mistake. So guys, um, cut one pepper and put the other one in whole. Oh, uh, I am face bombing so hard. I'm Why? sorry. I told you that it was burning. When you, I <laughs> was afraid to tell <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I can't. You know when we talked about the hits and the misses? Yeah. But imagine, like it actually tasted really good. Like it was hot was like fire and i mean you're a bad girl so i still ate the fire because we don't back down from a challenge so i still ate it but then i was like man this is feels so raw and hot like you know and it still tasted really good so i'm like maybe it's just supposed to burn like the fires you know when you come through fire you feel cooler on the other side and that adds to the flavor of it all i don't, I don't think know. that's what they were going for. i don't know <laughs> i was sweating buckets but i was like you know what i'm committed to this mm. um so that's what it was. Yeah, so I'm sorry. And the thing is, too, I think what made it really extra is because when you follow the ingredients, I find that like the quantity of the sauce was not like a lot. I think all of it was under a liter. Man, this got side eyeing me so bad. I am. I think the quantity was under a liter, so the pepper was even more pronounced because the yeah, because you don't mind when you even when you're cooking with pepper, the habanero to water and is, is the, there's a certain of, like ratio yes. that it's still like. Not like death. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't death. Calm down. Well, it wasn't. But it was, you know, it was pretty hot. Um, but I do think, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, we need to put Ijoma on a chopping watch because she did this with the okra. What was the name of that other dish? I think right now I'm thinking back and I think I've made five mistakes so far. What? So like um, I was just thinking about, so Algeria, I accidentally got a cucumber. I was tired. I bought a cucumber instead of zucchini and I didn't add the cucumber and then um, 
I think for Mkatra Futra, I forgot about the sesame seeds, but that was just a topping. Like yeah, it's, it's like okay, an accent, it's okay. it's good, it's good. you know. And then Angola was just unfortunate because I just messed up the okra. Yeah, and changed the entire texture of the she dish. She shredded the okra instead of just cutting it into big pieces. For the sake of everybody else, I'm going to put her on a chopping versus shredding or grating watch. Mm, anyway, you're fine. welcome. <laughs> the food tasted really good. Chopping. Two habaneros in a small pot aside. Chop side. one, guys. Just chop one. Yeah, so just one is fine. But yeah, I liked it. I would eat it again. The, I found that maybe because the pot was closed, the flavor actually got into the bone of the chicken. And like that, it went, yes. It went all the way through to the flesh, into the bone, into the soul, into the spirit, into the other wow. world. Okay. It went... Yeah, Besides. just the fact that it's cooking in its own, and that's the whole point. No water added, no oil added, no, it's just, cooking in its own like juices, so it's very tender. Shaky, shaky, like, yeah, the chicken was very tender and succulent, succulent. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so we are at the end of this episode. I discovered this pepper thing. You guys are as surprised as me because she kept that away from me. I'm we're so stressed Apparently, out. we're keeping secrets now. I'm so stressed out. I thought I, I was like, how am I going to get to it? And then you kept going on about the pepper. I'm like, oh my God, now I have to tell the truth. <laughs> but thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with us this week. Have yourselves a good one. Be safe out there. You know, we care about you. Check our Instagram and Facebook and uh, yeah, our blog. Trust me, you want to check out our blog. It's really great. And the link you will find on our Instagram, either Tunuka Media Instagram, my personal Instagram, which is my pixel journey, or Ijema's Instagram, which is, which is 234 Pantry. So the link to the blog is there. So join us again in two weeks for another story in competent cooking and happy <laughs> tasting. I'm competent, guys. You are. Yeah. We never said we we're going to be... You know, professional cooks here. I so. know, but it, it's quite a few mistakes. The next one will be perfect, guys. Perfect. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> All right. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you for listening, friends. As a reminder, the podcast is released every two weeks. Follow Tunuka Media on social media, including Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with us and be on the forefront of upcoming shows and program schedules. Links are in the show notes. Africa in My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, follow my page, 234 Pantry, for more food-related content and fun facts about dishes and ingredients. Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host with more shows on the way. Like and subscribe, and if you learn something new, support the show by giving Africa in My Kitchen a high rating wherever you listen. This helps the show grow and gets more people, just like you, to learn also. So until next time, bye! bye.